going to be picking up kind of where Pastor Chase left off last week, um, where we talked about um, uh, that uh, building faith and growing relationships. And we talked about growing in our faith, and we talked about the early church and how they were growing in their faith. And what they did is they made conditions favorable for growth. And what they did was we found in Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers, meaning they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching the word of God. Um, they devoted themselves to the fellowship uh, of being with one another. Um, we're going to talk more about that today. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, being both sharing meals together and to communion, devoting themselves regularly to the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And because of they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking the bread and the prayers, their faith started to grow. It was fertile ground for the faith, the, the seed of of Jesus Christ to be planted into their hearts and their faith to grow. And so that's what we saw last week about how this amazing faith that we have starts to grow when we devote ourselves to these things. It makes conditions favorable for growth. And today we're going to be talking about, okay, we want to grow in our faith, yes, but we also want to build relationships. We want to build relationships. And where last week Pastor Chase said um, that, that uh, faith without relationships is empty, today we're going to talk about relationships without faith is shallow. Relationship without faith is shallow. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean this. Um, so God created the heavens and the earth, created all of us, and he gives us gifts, okay? This is called common grace. It's a term that we use, common grace. It means that it is favor given to all people regardless. So God, whether you believe in him or not, whether you love him or hate him, God still gives us gifts as his creation. That's an amazing truth. Some of the things that we uh, receive as common grace are the sunshine and the rains, right? The, the, the crops grow. The, the, sometimes we have success. Another common grace that we have is relationships. God gives us relationships regardless of whether you believe in him or not. That's an amazing truth. But also what we see is that because God has created us, there's this spiritual soul level component. And if we don't have a faith in Jesus Christ, our relationships won't reach the depth by which we would hope they would, they would reach. They're always going to be left wanting. There's always going to be a shallowness to them if they don't include this soul level connection by faith in Jesus Christ. And so what we're going to see is that how are we going to build relationships like that? Like I, I have a number of relationships. I, I, uh, I would say that there's a number of people that I've been friends with over the years. And, and some of those relationships stop at the weather and sports. Some of that other uh, stop at common interests or maybe even going through some difficult things together. But my best friends and the deepest connections I have are the ones where we could talk about our faith in Jesus What's God doing in your life? How's God challenging you in this? What's God encouraging you with? And we are able to dive into some really deep conversations that are satisfying to the soul because we're talking about the one who satisfies, Jesus Christ. And what we're gonna see is, is how do we build our relationships then? If we're, gonna, if we're gonna build relationships, how are we going to go about that? And so we're gonna be talking about that today. We're gonna take it up. Um, we're gonna pick up where we left off last week. Um, so we're gonna be in Acts chapter two. And, and we're gonna see that they open themselves up. They open their lives up for the possibility of relationships. And that's how they built them in. And so we're gonna start in verse 43. 
It says, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. The first thing we see if we want to build relationships is we have to open up our hearts. We have to open our hearts up to the possibility of getting connected with other people. Now, the amazing thing about our God is throughout the scriptures and throughout history, what we see is that God initiates, God initiates, and we respond, okay? Over and over and over again through the scriptures, God invites, God initiates, and we respond. That's how it all starts to play out, like God created the world, and we are to respond to him. God gave us his word, and we are to be devoted to him. God sent his son to to live a life that was perfect and die on a cross for us and raise from the dead. He gave his son, and we are to respond in worship. God gives, God initiates, and we respond to God. That's how we see throughout scripture. And what we see in this is that Jesus came, had these wonderful, uh, this, this wonderful ministry, gathered together his early disciples, and, and what he did was they gave their lives to him after he invited them in, and then through them, God was at work, and other people were responding to it. It says, and awe uh, came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. What were the wonders and signs? I'm not 100% sure, but we do know this, that it was awe-inspiring. Whatever it was, it was awe-inspiring. That people stopped and had to pay attention to what was going on in the lives of these early church leaders. Many signs, many wonders being done in the name of Jesus. God had initiated, he was bringing about things that were causing people to pay attention, and because of that, people were opening up their hearts to God. They're like, God did this amazing thing in this person's life, and they would go, maybe that's true for me too. God forgave that person. God healed that person. God restored that person. Maybe there's something for me in this as well. And so they began to open their hearts to God. And now when you open your hearts to God, you also open your heart to God's people. Because God gathers together a group of people that are called by his name, that, that, that are on mission for Jesus. They're called the church. The church is a gathering of people. And the church, things were being done through them. And so when you open your heart to God, you end up opening your heart to God's people. And what we see is in all who believed, all who believed in Jesus were together and had all things in common. They were together and had all things in common. They were opening their hearts to one another. You ever have that moment where you're on a mission or you are really passionate about something and you find out there's another person who's just as passionate about, you, about those things as you are? Like there's a reason why like friendships are like forged at Comic-Con, right? Like everybody's like super passionate about it, um, Right? There's, you, you get to these places where you're like, you're into this too, or you're this, you know, this is amazing. I love it. I love Star Trek when he tells him to use the force. Right? Like, there's all these like, beautiful moments that you have in this, and some people get that, and some people are angry right now, and I'm surprised no one's walked out. Um, Going to start a riot. Oh, my goodness. 
right? So, so when you're really into something, when you're really passionate about something, you tend to open your heart up to the other people who are passionate about that. And when you follow Jesus, when you open your heart to the things of God, you end up opening your heart up to, to other people going, wow, you're this too? Wow, I, what's God doing in your life? Oh, you did this, or you went on this mission trip, or you're studying this in the Bible, or tell me, tell me more about your church, or tell me more about your friends. Or, let's, let's talk about these things. They open themselves up, and what happens is when you open your heart up around Jesus, that they, you start to have all these things in common, and the lesser things just kind of fade away. When we focus on Jesus, our preferences just don't matter as much. Our personality quirks just don't matter as much. Instead of trying to focus on like, oh, I don't know if I want to, like just going, wow, you're, you love Jesus, I love Jesus. Now it doesn't really matter about these other different things. I don't care if you're left-handed. I don't care if you have tattoos. I don't care if you're a little bit socially awkward. I don't care if your filter just isn't quite as good as other people, right? Like, there's these moments where we start to look past our preferences because there's something more important. And when we keep our eyes on Jesus, one of two things are gonna happen to our our preferences. One, God will change our preferences or he'll give us a greater vision. God will either change our preferences or give us a a better vision. Um, in the last church I served at, I was an associate pastor, and there was a retired lunch lady in our church named Olga. Awesome. She is so cool. She's with the Lord now. I can't wait to see her again. Um, but what, we would gather together, we would, we would have like potlucks, and, and she would look at me, and as the retired lunch lady, she'd be like, Steve, are you going to eat your green beans? And I'm like, Olga, I'm a grown man. I do not have to do this. And now I eat green beans, right? So that's, that's kind of that piece of it. But Olga, I mean, she was like in her 80s and still living at home by herself. She was just an incredible woman. And, and one day we, we, had a, we had a drum set up on the stage and a young man was, was playing the drums and he was, he was really going to town. And uh, this lady in her 80s is seeing a drum set in the church that is rather traditional, making a shift in its preferences. And she comes up to me afterwards, and she says, I need you to tell that young man something. And I'm like, oh, great. What, eat your green beans? Like, what, what do we? I thought she was mad. And she says, you tell that young man that he cannot play those drums loud enough. You just tell him to keep hitting on them things. Because she knew, she knew that he was worshiping the Lord. She knew that there was something going on, and she also knew that our faith is carried through generation to generation, and she knew that she needed to encourage that young man in his faith. Now, does she listen to that kind of music at home? Probably not, right? I don't think the record player could handle it. Like I, <laughs> but what she did know, what she did know was that she loved this young man, and she knew that young man loved Jesus. And she loved Jesus, therefore her preferences were either changed or she was given a greater vision. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, these smaller things just fade away. That's why we have such an eclectic group at Ignite. Like, we are a motley crew, and I love it because we keep our eyes on Jesus, and the rest of those things just don't matter as much. They just don't matter as much. When you open your heart up to God, you open your heart up to God's people, and you start to build relationships. And so they did that. There, there was many things that were going on, and they had open hearts. The next thing that we see with deep, lasting relationships is they had open hands. Open hands. Acts 2, 45. 
And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the possessions to all as any had need. When you open up your heart to someone, when you start building a relationship and a friendship, when you open that up, you also simultaneously start to open up your hands. You start to live generously because you love these people, because you care about them. When, when this was happening, when you became a follower of Jesus at this time and in this place, you lost everything. You traded your entire life for faith in Jesus. Your property was probably confiscated. You lost your job because no one wanted to work with you. Your family system probably disowned you. And you were left without any kind of help. There was no unemployment. There was no retirement. There was no, hey, I got some, I got some savings and stuff like that. You lost everything. They would trade in everything for faith in Jesus knowing that they would have eternal life. And when they gave their lives to Jesus, they were saying, you know what, I'm prepared to lose it all. And some of them did. And so some of them were in dire straits financially, and materially. And some others were doing really, really well. It, didn't, it wasn't the case for everybody, but for some it was. And what was happening was they, when you open your heart up to someone, you start to hear their story. You start to hear their life. You ask them how things are going. And when you open your heart to someone else, you get to share some vulnerable things and maybe even some struggles that are going on. Maybe you're having a good attitude about it, but the fact of the matter is, is your good attitude is not producing bread on the table. You're still thankful for, to God and you're still moving forward, but the reality is there were some legitimate needs that were happening. And so what was happening with the early church, what was happening in these moments is they were going, if we're gonna build relationships, we can't just be stingy, we have to open our hands. We have to live generously with one another. And so they started making sacrifices and started selling things off, selling their possessions and belongings. How many family heirlooms were sold during this? I don't know. Pieces of land, by the way, at this time was also considered part of your heritage. So it wasn't just like, if you sold a piece of land, it wasn't just about like, hey, it's a good financial decision. It was like selling a piece of your family off. And they said, we have to do this because we have to take care of our brothers and sisters in need. And they would help them, and they would, they would help each other, and they would help them to be grow more like Jesus. So it wasn't just like, here, let me give you stuff. It was, let me give you stuff, but also let me un- help you understand that this is out of a generous heart. Let me help you understand that, that we have to honor God with our bodies. We have to honor God with our financial decisions. We have to honor God in our marriages. It wasn't just about, like, here's free stuff. It was, here's some stuff that you need because you need to stay alive to become more like Jesus. And the challenge to become more like Jesus was there as well, but they lived with open hands. And what was amazing is none of this was confiscated. This wasn't confiscated goods. This was people giving freely. When we worship Jesus, it opens our hearts and it opens our hands. We become more like Jesus when we give. And I will tell you this, what's been a huge blessing for me as I have been both on the giving and the receiving end of generosity. There's been times when my family and I have been able to help somebody out in need. 
There's been times when we've been able to, because we knew their situation, we were able to go over their house and be able to bless them with a gift. That's an incredible thing, and, and our, our relationship started to cement. It was, became a very, very strong relationship because our hearts were knit together because we had opened our hands up. And there's been times when I've been on the receiving end of generosity. And the humbleness, the humility it takes to receive a gift because you know you can't do it on your own and that you're in a tight spot and you really need this help but you don't wanna say you need that help. And someone just responds and says, you know what, because I love you and I know your situation, I wanna help. To be a gracious receiver in that and to go, wow, someone really, really cares about me and God hears my prayers. That's an amazing moment when you start to open up your hands, what happens in your life. So they had open hearts to each other. They had open hands and they had open calendars. Open calendars. And day by day, attending the temple court, temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Day by day. Day by day, in the temple courts, in their homes, they were gathering together. The early disciples and the disciples of Jesus, if we're gonna grow in our faith and we're gonna build relationships, that's going to take time. And if we have time, we have to carve out time in our calendars to make this possible, okay? This is a priority that we need to start thinking about. How am I gonna open up my calendar in order to make room for relationships in my life? Because these things happen over time. These things happen over time. You're gonna open your heart slowly to people little bit by little bit over time. You're gonna hear their stories over time. They're gonna hear your stories over time. You're gonna give gener generously over time. Like this is, these things are going to take time because you have to be able to rub elbows with each other. And so if you're here today and you're like, man, I don't feel really connected to the body of Christ at Ignite. I know I mean, it's nice and all and stuff like that, but I, I don't feel like I have any relationships whatsoever. I'm gonna ask you this. What are you involved in here? And you're like, if I, I come twice a month on a Sunday morning, I'm like, yeah, I can tell you why you haven't connected. There's not enough time to do that. Sunday morning just feels rushed here. Like, one's in and out, it's two services. There's a matinee that shows later, which I love that about my church, right? You're like, you can stay and keep talking, but you're gonna have to pay. So... I don't even know what's showing in here today. Probably something decent, maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. But we have to spend time. Are you serving? Did you open up your time to be able to serve? Are you involved in a ministry? Are you involved in a group, in a life group? We're gonna be talking about that a little bit more today. Are you, are you involved in a life group? Are you taking time out of your week in order to do this? Because if we're gonna build relationships, you have to spend time with people. You have to spend time with people. Day by day, they were attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. Day by day, as they continued to open up their hearts and their hands, they had time in their calendars. And what's interesting to me about this 
is open, open hearts, open hands, open calendars. This is what God says. You want to build lasting relationships? This is what it's going to be about. And what I find really interesting about this is that sports teams, schools, the arts, music programs, dance, whatever, they ask these three things. They ask of them of us. You want to be a part of this? You got to open your heart, right? You got to be passionate about it. You want to go someplace with this? You got to be ready. You got to be committed. You want, you want to be a part of this? This is going to take boatloads of money. They don't say it that way. Stupid amounts of money, right? Now they're like, it's an investment, right? You got to invest in this. You got to be passionate. You got to be committed. And you got to be invested because these things take money. And you got to open up your calendar, right? You got to be here. We're going to practice early. We're going to practice late. We're going to practice often, right? We're going to build this together. And you know what? They ask, they ask for our hearts. They ask for our hands. And they ask for our calendars without any apology. Zero apology. No sports team says that. Well, if you got time, it's going to be a little bit of this, right? Zero apology. Our school system, zero apology. Our, our arts, music programs, zero apology. It's going to take this, this, and this. And what do we get in return for that? What do they promise? Community? You get to be part of a community. You get to be an alumni. You get to be a, uh, in the brotherhood or the sisterhood. You get to be part of a team. You get to be part of the symphony. You get to be part of something. Purpose? right? And a prize. You get to be, you get to community, you get part of something, you get purpose, right? And you get a prize. The trophy, the trinket, the plaque, the piece of paper, right? Now, I'm not saying that those things are bad, I'm not saying that, you know, you can't be in sports. I'm not saying you can't be in school. I can't, you know, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that those are lesser things, and they make no apology for it. The church of Jesus Christ offers a, a deeper community based on faith, a more fulfilling purpose of being part of the mission that God has for us, and a greater prize. A so, so much a greater price, guys. Eternal life. These are the things that we say, if we're gonna build relationships, this is what we gotta do. And we're gonna have chances next week to sign up for life groups to be, so I'm giving you an opportunity, a week's heads up, to be able to look at your calendar, maybe open up a spot in your calendar so that you can have time to be able to open up your heart and your hands and be a gracious giver and a gracious receiver to the community that God has started to build here. And here's the amazing thing, is this is all based on the character of God. God has an open heart for all of us. He came to us. He opened his hands generously to which they were nailed to a cross. And he gave his life for us. And he opened his calendar. He takes time with us because he loves us. And if we are gonna follow him, we need to strive to be like him. Let's pray.